and lover of all things lit, professional reviewer, recommender, book blogger. I am your host, Lloyd Russell, aka The Book Sage, and you're listening to Lit with Lloyd, courtesy of KCAT Radio. Uh, welcome to Lit with Lloyd. I am your host, Lloyd Russell, and I want to thank uh, KCAT for producing our program. Uh, and um, today we've got uh, a great, exciting guest to talk to. Uh, her name is Alessandra Harris. She's written three novels, but I can assure you she has done much more than that. Welcome, Alessandra. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm going to start with a question that goes back in time a little bit. Uh, what happened in fourth grade that determined which direction you were going to go to for a career? Oh, so this is a funny story. In fourth grade, I won the book fair. And I remember it was for a story about a girl who had three wishes. And a genie was granting her the wishes. And of course, the third wish was that she could have like a hundred or some odd number more wishes. <laughs> and um, it was really exciting because I won the book fair and I got to go to the awards. And my teacher was there, which, you know, when you see your teachers outside of school, it's always exciting. So, yeah, that was that was really fun. And I think it just kind of um, gave me a, a love of reading and writing. Good. OK. Uh in reading your your bio, uh, you have done quite a bit of writing before you started writing novels. Yes. What kind of writing did you do prior, and are you still doing some of that writing? So I started in 2007 with um, writing for a, a publication out, out of um, the Bay Area, the San Francisco Bay Area, geared towards the African-American community. And I did that for about two years. And then I start transitioned to writing novels, and my first novel was published in 2016. So um, right now, in addition to the novels that I've written, um, I've also written for um, Catholic publications, um, nonfiction, and I also just yesterday finished my first nonfiction book and sent it to my editor. Wow. Uh, all right, we will talk about uh, the, the current books. Um, what what made you decide to start writing novels? Well, it's kind of a funny story. Um, I was strictly nonfiction. I read mainly nonfiction. And um, for Christmas, I believe it was 2000, maybe like 2009 or 2000. Yeah, 2009. My father gave me like three of these fiction stories and um, he said, oh, I think you'd be good at writing fiction. You could publish something like this. And I was like, oh, well, I don't really read fiction. Um, and then this idea just started coming to me about a novel. And these characters just kind of like popped up in my wow. head. And, um, and then I kind of thought, you know, after reading them, I was like, I think I could maybe do this. But from there to actually getting a publishing contract was a long journey. All right. Well, I think your first book was published in 2016, correct? Yes. Mm -hmm. um, and you started writing the novel as early as 2010 or 11? About 2012. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and and tell us <laughs> about the publishing process. This is always an interesting story from an author. 
So I wrote a blog article that was titled How Taco Bell Got Me a Book Deal. <laughs> and I, so it be, when I started getting interested in wanting to write a novel, I took a lot of online courses and through the community center, there was an adult education about writing fiction. And then there was another one, advanced fiction writing. So it was a, a learning process for me because I had never done that before. And I spent a lot of time. Um, so then about 2014, when I had a finished product, I thought that I had to have an agent in order to get the book published. Uh -huh. So I spent about a year trying to find an agent. And it was like agents would request the full manuscript and I'd get excited and then they'd pass for one reason or another. So I actually had what they call shelve the novel. I had said, okay, it's just not gonna happen for this one. And um, I started working on something else. Um, and then I, and at the time, the title of my first book was um, tentatively titled, Why Not? Not K-N-O-T like wedding, you know, tying the knot. Um, so then I remember I was at Taco Bell and I had this uh, mild sauce packet that said, why not? And I said, you know what? I really love this book. I really like the characters. I spent a long time writing this book. Why don't I see if there's some an alternative I could do other than just trying to get an agent? So I, I looked up small presses and um, there was three that I, that I read about that I thought sounded pretty good. And I queried those three and two of them offered me a publishing contract. Wow. So I ended up going with um, Reddit Publishing that's published my three novels. Wow, that's great. And all because of Taco Bell. All because of Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, piece of trivia, by the way. Um, I think that, that Taco Bell has, is the only fast food with the name of the founder in it oh <laughs> okay Interesting. Uh, but enough about that uh all right so you you um did and you had all three with the same publisher yes uh what about your fourth one is that a different publisher or the yes. same one so the fourth one is with a catholic publisher called orbis books okay yes and what's the you said it's nonfiction. yes it's nonfiction. And, and what's it about um and it's looking at the history of anti-black racism um, and including like mass incarceration today um, through a Catholic lens. Okay. Uh, and what, uh, this is something that you've been working on anyway through the years? So actually, I wrote an article in 2021 that was published in a Catholic publication, America Magazine, that was kind of like summarizing the issues that I talk about in the book. But it was, I think, about 3,000 words, so it wasn't long at all. Um, but then I approached the publisher in um, early 2022 and I signed the contract and I started writing it on July 2nd and I just turned it in yesterday on January 2nd. So it wow. took me six months. Wow. Uh, when will it uh, hit the bookshelves? In fall 2023. Oh, okay. Because mm -hmm. I think we normally hear it takes about a year. So yeah. this will be a little bit less than a year. About a year. Yeah. Okay, oh, that's great. Uh, when you say that you that this is um, this is from a Catholic standpoint, talking mm -hmm. about anti-racism, mm -hmm. 
how does that differ from what we oftentimes read about anti-racism articles and books? Well, I think that it differs in the sense that from a Catholic perspective, it really starts and ends with the human dignity of a person. Um, and that that's the central focus. And when you look at racism, you're talking about people whose human dignity is being denied or diminished. So I think that that can be an important point. And um, the current Pope, Pope Francis, has written a lot about, um, you know, I would say he's written a lot about the human person, about society, about it being anti-racist, things like that. Okay. And and. Who or what is the target audience? I would say it, I would say even though it's from my perspective, which is a Catholic perspective, uh-huh. it's not super heavy on Catholicism. It, so it, it's really a target audience to like people who are American, who are interested in our country's history, who are interested in justice. As we've seen during 2020, a lot of people really awakened for you know to, and were. Um, wanting to do something, wanting to march, wanting to use their voices for change. Okay. All right. Um, you've also written articles and things for uh, for different kinds of, did you say a blog you had or you have? I have. I do have a blog that I actually started in 2014. Yes. Mm-hmm. How often do you uh, post? Um, so it's been more infrequent, but um, so it just kind of depends. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I have a note that you um, uh, that you also did some work and uh, with City Flight and San Jose Writers. So City Flight was the first publication that I started with in 2007. Okay. That was geared towards African American community in the Bay Area, and then San San Jose Writers is a um, it started as a it's a meetup. Are you familiar with meetups? Yes. Yeah. So it's a meetup, and I think we started it around the same time, like 2013, 2014, Um, and it's still going today. Um, A lot of writers will um, have critique groups, and they'll meet and talk about writing and that type of stuff. Okay, and and if I I recall, uh, you are actually in charge of organizing that. Yes, I'm the organizer. I've kind of stepped back from the day-to-day stuff, but... um, it's still, I'm still listed as the organizer. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, I said I understand what a meetup is, but maybe there are some of our listeners that don't know what that is. Maybe you could explain it. So it's basically a way for people um, with different hobbies, different interests, different groups to come together. So um, it's our, you basically use the meetup platform and then you can have an event and then people can just come to the event. So it's not like you have to have a personal invite from someone or you have to like, it's a great way for different people to meet each other. Yeah, okay, mm-hmm. that sounds good. Um, let's talk about a, a, a practical issue. Okay. You have four children. Yes. How do you find time to write? <laughs> well, the funny thing is I was just thinking that I had four children in six years and if this book gets published in 2023, I would have had four books in six years. So I think after this, I just need to take a vacation. <laughs> uh, all right, let's talk about the three novels a bit. Okay. You indicated that the ideas just came to you, and that's, that's blaming the wind, correct? Yes. Um, 
which I read, mm-hmm. and I think that uh, you came to our book club mm-hmm. to talk about that one. Somehow I missed the second one, uh, I'm embarrassed to say. Uh, not that I won't be able to get a hold of it. Uh, and then we've got the third one, Last Place Scene, which is up there and which everybody can see right here, which I read recently. Uh, how, did, how did the ideas come to you for these three books? And can you tell us a little bit about each one? Sure. So, um, Blaming the Wind, the, that idea was kind of like wanting to explore marriage because it's like so many people are married, but every marriage is different. And it's so personal and it's, you know, it can be really challenging at the same time. So with my first book, I wanted to explore two couples um, and just kind of like the trials and tribulations that they experience in their marriage, the conflicts that arise, the way that they resolve them, things like that. Um, And with my second book, Everything She Lost, I actually wrote that in a month. Wow. I... It was the first time that I was doing NaNoWriMo. Um, for people who aren't familiar with that, it's National Novel Writers Month, uh, Writing Month, uh-huh. where people from all over um, sign up and try to write a novel in 30 days. And for them, a novel is, if you hit your goal, it's 50,000 words. So a real novel is like 80,000, you know, 70, 80,000. So it's not exactly hitting that. But I wanted to, it was um, in, I started writing it in 2014. That, I believe it's November. And like I said, I had said that I I was done trying to find an agent for my first book. And I was like, I'm just going to do this and it's going to be fun. Um, So Uh I did end up finishing it. But it was kind of like, I like to describe it as like a fever dream because afterwards it was kind of like, oh my gosh. And and the thing is, I would say it's my, it's a little bit risque. And I think that as a Catholic, I kind of, you know, put my inhibition away for that time that I wrote it. Um, last place scene is definitely more PG-13. I'll say that much. Um, but so with that one, I just wanted to explore, um, it's about a woman who had a a mental breakdown and is trying to get her life back together. And um, it's that she has a friend who's um, a single mom, and then they kind of stumble upon some problems and some trouble one night. And the rest of the book is them trying to like, um, get out of that trouble. And and how do these ideas come to you how do they even come to you i i don't know i would say maybe a muse (laughs) uh do you have a fifth book in mind i do is it fiction or not fiction i do have a a a book that i was actually working on before the nonfiction, um and it it's gonna be it's something i've been researching for over a year um, I want it to be set in um, Louisiana in 1927. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, and, and do you have a, a rough time frame? And will it be the same publisher as the first three? Um, I'm not sure about either of those because <laughs> after writing these four books, I'm kind of like, do I want to write it? If I write it, when would I write it? So we'll see what happens. Do you really feel like you need kind of a little time off? I do. Yeah, I do. Is that common? I mean, it seems like authors 
don't take much time off between books. <laughs> I guess it depends because some authors, there will be like decades between books, yeah. you know? So. Yeah, 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 that's true. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back with Alessandra Harris. Thank you to the city of Montessorino for their continued support of KCAT Public Media. The city of Montessorino has enabled KCAT to inspire, educate, entertain, and inform our community through the magic of television and digital media for over 38 years. Thank you. And welcome back. Um, we are talking with Alessandra Harris, the author of three novels and a nonfiction book coming out this year, we think. Uh, so let's get back to it. Uh, welcome back from the break. Thank you. <laughs> um, I, well, I read in your bio also that you went to San Jose State, uh, which my wife also graduated from, uh, and uh, that you majored in uh, religious studies. Yes. So uh, it sounds like you have have studied a lot of different religions. Mm -hmm. uh, how how has that helped you in terms of your own religion? In terms of of how you deal with different issues or talk to different people? Uh, what what? How did that come about? Well, I actually started at a Catholic college at Loyola Marymount in Los Angeles uh -huh. and um, I started as a psychology major but then took a um, theology class that I really liked and decided to switch my major um, and then the f next year I went to the University of San Francisco but ended up um, at San Jose State and they didn't have theology so I did the comparative religious studies program and um, I would say that it was very interesting um, it was a like one of the best experiences of my life wow. learning. Yeah, learning about um, different religions from all over the world. And I would say that I'm glad that I ended up with the comparative religious studies major instead of theology, because especially like in the Bay Area, it's so diverse here now. Um, and I just read that it's like the number one destination for immigrants in wow. the country. No kidding. And yes. So it's like you meet people of all different backgrounds, religious backgrounds. And when you when I was learning about their religions, I'm also learning about their cultures. So it's like, you know, it's just been really helped me be more um, tolerant, more understanding, um, more of a global citizen, I think. Wow. Uh, have you had occasion to work with different religions uh, in any kind of format? Well, it's interesting um, just on um, Veterans Day 2022, I was a speaker for a Catholic Jewish Women's Interfaith Conference. Ah. I was the Catholic speaker, and then there was a rabbi who was the um, the Jewish speaker. So that was all, you know, it was a really interesting experience, and we were able to have the interfaith dialogue. So, you know, occasions like that are really great. Is that something that you still are involved in, in terms of, of religions, uh coming together? Um, I wouldn't say as much, but I would say that it's just, you know, helped me better relate to people of different religions. Okay. Well, you said that you, you know, you were speaking with a, 
uh, with a, uh, a Jewish rabbi, mm-hmm. I guess that's uh, that kind of said the same thing twice. <laughs> um, uh, have do, do you speak? Are you do you, do you speak uh, at engagements uh, uh, for different uh, different topics? Um, usually, it will be related to Catholicism or related to like racial justice, social justice. Okay. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you interact on the ra- the racial justice or racial injustice um, plane? I mean, what 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 kinds of activities are you involved in with that? I would say mainly it's writing uh-huh. and speaking and just kind of raising awareness. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, you um you also talked about uh, the the publisher. Uh, when you, what what kind of uh, of relationship did you have with your publisher? Uh, was it um, did you have a lot of input, for example, on narrators and and covers and things like that? Not a ton. Um, with so my publisher with my first book changed the title of my book to "Blaming the Wind." Ah. Yes, and um, the. The cover has grown on me. I'll say that much. <laughs> at first, I didn't really like it very much at all. Um, but I say that it's grown on me. Um, with my second cover, even though I wouldn't say it necessarily captures that it's a psychological thriller, I think it's a beautiful cover. So I like that cover. And I did have the title, Everything She Lost, and we were able to stay with that. And with this um, third cover, um, I did have a little bit more input. I was able to kind of talk with the person who was doing the cover design. So that was a little bit more, I was a little more involved. Okay. And are all your books in uh, audio? Yeah. Well, my the third one is in the process of being in audio. Got but it. the first two are. Okay. And did you have any input on the narrator? I actually didn't. Um, we contract, I think it's my, I've, I'm not going to try to guess. We contract <laughs> with someone and they just do all of that. Okay. Yeah. Are you happy with your narrator for the first two? So to be honest with you, I haven't listened to it <laughs> yet. <laughs> I probably should because um, it's been so long. I kind of forget some of the things of what, that happened because when you go through the editing process, things change. So sometimes I'm like, how did that end up in the book after all? <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, uh, I, I kind of forced myself to watch the video of the of the of the uh, uh, interviews. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, I would sometimes rather not. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but I feel like I should. Yeah. So I'm kind of working on that. Uh, did your publisher give you any kind of time frame or deadlines for uh, for finishing your your books? Um, not necessarily. With with my first two books, it was about a year from signing the contract to when it came out, and my publisher has grown a lot since the first ah. two books. So with this book, it was more like a two year time frame, but. Um, Luckily, it's been pretty much like working around my schedule. It, it wasn't a lot of pressure, like have a book every year, like some people with agents and bigger presses have. Okay. Uh, and so, I mean, it sounds like this is a really good publisher for you. Yeah. For your fiction. Yeah. Uh, 
does the does the publisher have first right of refusal for uh, any novel that you put out? I wouldn't necessarily say that. We <laughs> we'll see what happens if I do get the the fourth novel written or not. <laughs> okay. Uh, so you don't have any contract at this point for that fourth no. novel. No. Yeah. No. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the and the publisher does not have a right of first refusal. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, what? How do you really? How do you schedule your time to write? when you have, you know, lots of kids and all the things that kids need from a parent? Well, I would say when they were younger, when I wrote my first two, it was easier because they would go to bed at like eight o'clock and then I would have the evenings to write. Um, and now that they're older and I'm older, <laughs> I'm not up as late as I used to be. So it's kind of just like um, making the time in the evenings, them understanding that I'm going to be writing. Um, I write on the weekends a lot too. So especially like when I was finishing up my nonfiction book, it was, they understood that I didn't have a whole lot of time to go to after school, like games and watch them play basketball and that type of stuff. They just understood I was trying to work on something. I was going to get it done. Yeah. Uh, well, with all the kids in the school, in school, obviously, mm -hmm. uh, do you write during the day? No, usually the evenings. Ah, yeah. Okay. Uh, you evidently have a number of other activities, what we've talked about a little bit yeah. <laughs> uh, during the day. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so for the first and third novels, it seems like they would be very good to be converted into TV or movies. Uh, have you had any interest from anybody on that? Any studios? I haven't. I've heard a, with the last place seen the most people say that like this has to be turned into a movie i'm like yeah of course i'd love that if that happened you know <laughs> yeah well i know that it's we've had a lot of authors say that there has been interest shown but mm -hmm. it uh, evidently it's fairly difficult mm -hmm. to actually get something made yeah uh but kind of a fun thing anyway oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay um do you do you have early readers uh and do you have an editor so I do usually have a editor that I worked with since my first book who I'll pay to do a read um, and then help me kind of like um, with the plot and characters and uh -huh. character arc and things like that. And then once my publisher accepts the book and offers me a contract, then I go through the editing process with the in-house editors. And um, Reddit at Publishing, even though they're a small press, they're really known for how great the books are edited. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's a pretty intensive process that usually takes can take anywhere from about like two months to six months. Uh, and do they do the content editing and the uh, copy editing? Yeah. So there's um, a content edit and then there's a line edit and then they do the final proofread. Okay. Yeah. I mean... It's amazing to me how many books from from very, very popular authors uh, have a, a bunch of mistakes in it. Oh. And, and, and my eye just automatically catches it. I'm not oh, yeah. looking for it, but it's one of those things that just kind of hits me up, mm -hmm. you know, uh, up, up on the top of my head. So uh, so but I don't remember 
you know, I just read this recently. I don't remember a lot of copy editing issues. So I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> well, so far, it sounds good. Yeah. Uh, all right. So you said that you've got the San Jose Writers Group. Do you have other writing groups that you're that you're a part of that you guys read each other's stuff along the way? Um, I did that more with my with my earlier novels, but with I feel like I've kind of progressed um, just in my writing where I don't feel like I need that as much. Okay. All right. Well, that's that's good that mm-hmm. you you know feel comfortable with that uh, because I know that there are certainly authors that have been around a while that still like to oh, yeah. mm-hmm. like to do that. Mm-hmm. So, um, but in terms of of the initial reaction to it Mm -hmm. do you have do you have people that that you'll send it to and just say hey what do you think before you get to the editor part um I would say my husband does that yeah he's home he's kind of my first eyes on things for his yeah for his opinions okay and and he'll give you honest feedback oh yeah definitely (laughs) (laughs) which I think must be a good thing yeah definitely yeah Mm -hmm. yeah uh all right so um, down the road some. Do you, do you see yourself writing novels indefinitely? Do you see additional nonfiction books in your future? Right now, I don't see an additional nonfiction book. It was a lot of work. <laughs> um, it, and I don't feel like there's a topic right now that I really want to write. But I would like to write the fourth novel at some point. Okay. Uh, and, you, you know, you said you've been researching that for about a year. Mm-hmm. And it's going to take place in Louisiana. Yeah. Do you, did you go to Louisiana? Will you go or do you just not have to? Well, I feel like that's one of the reasons why it might take a while because I would love to go. And I was, it's, um, I was reading about like, it, uh, it takes place when there was this huge, I f- think it was called like the, um, Good Friday flood. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was when there was this huge weather event. And so I've been reading this really long book that's kind of talking about it and talking about the history and everything like that and researching like how people spoke and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it, a historical novel is a lot of work. Yeah. And that's why I'm like, I want to do it right if I end up doing it. OK. And this is your first historical fiction. Yes. Book. Mm hmm. Uh, And what made you decide to go historical? Well, it was when I learned about this flood that happened and just the whole everything that around it, it just made me want to like write about that. Like, wow, what would it have been like to be there when this happened? And um, and then this story kind of just started taking shape in my mind that I wanted to explore. Okay, all right. does your does your publisher send you to to conventions, bookstores, anything like that? Not really. Most of the things that I've done are kind of on my own. Yeah, things that I that I do. Um, the publisher does a really good job with just getting the book edited, getting the cover, getting it published, give, helping us with different ads like BookBub ads and uh-huh. you know things like that. Um, and but then when it really comes to like promotion and getting it out there it's up to us okay do you do you go into bookstores do you do events at bookstores I mean we have tons of them here (laughs) (laughs) not really I would say with an ebook it's 
I'm, I do have a print. You have a print copy yeah. of it. But I would say with ebook, it's kind of like a lot more of um, highlighting when it's on sale and getting readers like that and getting like pe um, people who are interested in reading a review copy and that type of thing. Okay, so I have not actually asked an author this, and I'm sure it varies to some extent. What percentage of your sales would you say are ebook, uh, audio, and print? I would say probably about like 75% ebook. Really? Yeah. Okay. And um, I'm not so sure about audio because that's relatively recent, but I would say that I. I don't know. It doesn't seem like as many people read the print copies anymore. Seems like everyone's always looking at their devices. <laughs> uh, well, we know that there's a, certainly a, a lot of people that just look at their devices. Yeah. <laughs> and I suspect they're not all of them reading oh, a book. Oh, yeah, definitely not. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, so you've got, you know, you've got um, all these different ways of presenting your book. Uh, have, have you ever decided or ever thought that you wanted to contact a bookstore to to do a live event um i haven't really thought about that a whole lot yeah i haven't really i mean i i've probably been to three four hundred author events at different stores of course not so many since uh early 2020 mm -hmm. um but um I don't know. It seems like a, a, a legitimate way of trying to get the book out there. Mm -hmm. uh, how do you publicize your books to the public? Well, I would say, like like I mentioned before, a lot of it is when the book's on sale, like a ninety nine cent or two ninety nine promotion. Yeah, yeah. Then you can pay for different like newsletter services to advertise that it's on sale, and that's where I'll usually get like the most readers. Because a lot of people who read a lot are looking for a sale to just kind of keep reading, reading, reading what's out there. So that's where I've had the most success. Okay. You know, with your background in, um, in um, religious studies, mm -hmm. uh, have you ever thought about a, a novel based on a, a different religion or a religion in another country or anything like that? Um, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are, obviously there are quite a few of them that, to pick from, but yeah. it seems like something that might be interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, are, what about conventions? Well, I mentioned that earlier. Do you, do you go to any conventions for authors? Um, I've done some local conferences for authors at bookstores before, or um, at libraries before. Uh -huh. Yeah, but I haven't really gotten into the conventions. Like what, before I was published, I went to a few writing conferences um, and in, I believe it was 2019, before the pandemic, um, I was a speaker at the San Francisco Writers Conference. Um, I was on a panel, but um, other than that, not a whole lot. Because I know that there is a, there's an, a very big author event, an annual author event in Berkeley. Mm -hmm. um, is that something that you would at some point want to do? I've had friends who've done that and who've invited me. But I would say that a lot of times you're not actually selling a whole lot of books. You know, it's a you do you get your table and you all that. But it's like there's so many people selling books. <laughs> the chances of people actually coming by and buying your book are not that, you know, it's pretty slim. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, I have I have read 
in, in recent times that there is an, there's an upswing on the purchases of print books mm. and that and that uh, that um, ebooks are at least holding steady or, or dropping a bit. Mm-hmm. Have you seen any proof of that or any sign of that? I don't know, but that was one reason I went with my publisher because I thought it was really important to go with a publisher who had both the ebook and the print option. Uh-huh. Because now there's a lot of um, smaller publishers that only do the ebook. Really? I did not yes. know that. Or they'll say, like, we'll do the ebook first, and if it sells well, then you can get a print copy. And I really did not want that. I wanted to have the physical copy um, to be able to hold. So that's one of the reasons I'm really happy with my publisher. Wow. Yeah, it sounds like you that you just got the right one. Yeah. How did you pick between the two that wanted you? Well, I think the other one maybe was only the ebook. Ah. And may, and I and I feel like, but like um, also with my publisher, they had New York Times bestsellers, even though they were a small publisher. Uh-huh. So it was kind of like, if they're selling their books and they're doing well, then I'm gonna go with them. And and where are they located? In North Carolina. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not uh, in the- New York? Downtown Manhattan. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> and they're obviously not bought, or haven't been bought up by one of the big three yet. <laughs> okay, well, uh, I guess uh, I just want to leave it by saying that I'm, I'm waiting for number four. <laughs> I will have read number two in the meantime. Um, and I really, really want to thank you for coming on and, and coming down to the studio tonight. Well, thanks so much for having me. I had fun. Good. Okay. Um, all right. So we are closing the book on today's podcast. Um, I want to thank uh, KCAT again for uh not only uh producing us but providing such great support uh and we will see you next time you just heard lit with lloyd here on kcat radio explore all our kcat original programming at kcat.org radio